0: Disclaimer, this content contains strong description of murder, kidnapping and unwanted sexual activity. It is not for younger or sensitive viewers. Discretion is advised. Copyright Mace Place 2021 Ted Bundy is a mystery, as much as he was a serial killer. Nobody can say when he started his crimes, or in fact, why he started his crimes. It seems like he was a bit of an opportunist, rather than having set ways to go about his actions. Some reports have him attempting kidnap in 1969 in New Jersey but did not kill anyone until 1971 in Seattle. Other reports say that he killed two women in Atlantic City, while visiting family in Philadelphia. He hinted that he committed a murder in Seattle in 1972 to Robert Keppel, a homicide detective and another murder involving a hitchhiker near Turnwater. Those investigating at the time believed he started committing his crimes in his late teen years, with the case of an 8-year-old girl being abducted and killed when Ted was just 14 years old. Despite this, it is generally believed in 1974 when his official murders began, he was 27 years old. Shortly after midnight, January 4, 1974, Ted entered the basement of 18-year-old Karen Sparks, though her name is disputed, a dancer and student at the University of Washington. He bludgeoned her several times, until she was unable to fight back. He then conducted unwanted sexual activities on her with the same rod. She was left unconscious for 10 days but did recover, though with permanent physical and mental disabilities, she would never be able to have children as a result of the attack. Linda Ann Healy was set upon by Ted on the 1st February, she was a weather reporter for skiers, she was knocked unconscious, savagely beaten, dressed and carried away by Ted. In March 1974, females were often going missing, many never seen again. On the 12th, 19-year-old student, Donna Gail Manson left to go to a jazz concert but never arrived. In April seventeenth, Susan Elaine Rancourt disappeared while on her way to her dorm after an advisor's meeting in Ellensburg, 110 miles southeast of Seattle. Two female students later came forward after a man with his arm in a sling asked for help carrying books to his Volkswagen Beetle. On May 6, Roberta Kathleen Parks left her dormitory, about 260 miles south of Seattle, to go to have coffee with friends, but she never arrived. The only thing police could link in regards to these missing women was the fact they all were young, pretty females that had stray hair, parted down the middle. On June 1, Brenda Carroll Ball, 22, was last seen talking to a brown haired man with his arm in a sling, but was leaving a tavern and was never seen again. On June 11, George Ann Hawkins was walking the short and well lit alleyway between her and her boyfriend's dormitory, she never made it home and was never seen again. This time, after media reports went out, several calls came in speaking about a man seen in the alley that night. One woman recalled being asked to help carry books by a man with a brown Volkswagen Beetle. On July 14, two women went missing in broad daylight, with thousands of people being at the scene at the time of their being taken. Five more women would come forward to say that a man called Ted had his arm in a sling and asked for help getting a sailboat out of a Volkswagen Beetle's, either tan or brown-colored. Janice Ott, 23, and Denise Marie Nasland, 19, were never seen alive again, despite just visiting Lake Sammamish State Park for a day out. In August, Ted was living in Salt Lake City to study law, however, to his disappointment found that though his classmates could intellectually comprehend the course, whereas he could not. In September a hitchhiker in Idaho was put through unwanted sexual activity and then murdered, before being dumped in a nearby river. In October, on the 2nd, 16 year old Nancy Wilcox was kidnapped from Holiday, a suburb in Salt Lake City, then she was murdered and never seen again, near Capitol Reef National Park. On October 18, 17 year old Melissa Ann Smith, the Midvale police chief's daughter, went missing after leaving a pizza parlor. Her body was found nine days later in the mountains. On October 31, 17 year old Laura and Amy disappeared from Lehigh, another area nearby, after having a late coffee. Her body was found on Thanksgiving Day in American Fork Canyon. On the afternoon of November 8, 18-year-old Carol De Ranch at Fashion Place Mall in Murray, again in the same general area, within Salt Lake City. While she was handcuffed by Ted pretending to be a police officer, she escaped and was able to give a full description of Ted and his vehicle. Later that evening, Deborah Jean Kent was outside a theater in Bountiful, to pick up her little brother when disappeared and was never seen again. On January 1975, 23 year old nurse Karen Eileen Campbell disappeared while walking down a well lit hallway between an elevator and her room. She was found dead a month later. On March 15, ski instructor Julie Cunningham disappeared 100 miles north of Snowmass, Vale. She was killed in rifle, 90 miles west of Vale. On April 2, 25 year old Denise Lynn Oliverson disappeared near the Utah Colorado border in Grand Junction while riding to her parents' house on a bicycle. Her bicycle and sandals were recovered under a viaduct near a railroad bridge. On May 6, 12-year-old Lynette Don Culver was lured back to Ted's hotel room, where he drowned her and engaged in unwanted sexual activities with her remains. He dumped her in a river, north of Pocketillo, Idaho, where she came from. On June 28, Susan Curtis vanished while on campus at Brigham Young University, in Provo, 45 miles south of Salt Lake City. She was never seen again. Many of Ted Bundy's victims were hidden away, washed and dressed, on multiple occasions after their death. He was visiting them until they were so disintegrated that their skin would be slipping off of their muscles underneath. It was at this point, he would cover them over and leave them to the elements, moving on. After keeping several girlfriends going at once, it was no surprise that it was his own lover who would turn him in not once but multiple times and then go in to get evidence, in phone calls, and then later in the trial. At first, because Ted was really likable, nobody could believe it was him who did it, so he was left to go about Haas' life, no doubt killing many more victims since he was first reported by his girlfriend. In August, 1975, Ted was arrested after being pulled over, during a quick check, the police officer found what was essentially his kidnap and kill kit, with a balaclava, ice pick, crowbar, ropes and other restraints, and he was taken to jail. Police did have enough to hold him, and he no doubt sweet-talked his way out, and was released. Ted later revealed that he had stashed Polaroids of all of his victims, dressed, undressed, posed and dead, that he burned when he was released, in case they were the police ever to catch him. He was put on surveillance and eventually he was called into court after being identified in a lineup in which Carol DeRanche identified Ted as the man who kidnapped her and pretended to be a police officer, called Officer Roseland. This was October 2, 1975. While being held, he not only escaped once but twice. The first time he escaped, he flung himself out of the window during his own trial, while pretending to make a phone call, then roughing it in the wilderness for six days before being caught after stealing a car. The second time, perhaps knowing he was going to be executed for serial killings, he decided to make a final show to go out with. Problem was, he wasn't escaping a courtroom this time, he was now in prison for kidnapping Carol Da. Runch. He escaped by removing something in the light fixture in the cell he was being held in, and ended up going about his days many miles away in Florida where he entered the Chi Omega sorority house and at 2.45 a.m. in the early hours of January 15, 1978, Margaret Bowman, 21, was beaten with a piece of oak firewood as she slept, then garroted her with a nylon stocking. then entered the room of 20-year-old Lisa Levy, beat her unconscious, strangled her, tore one of her nipples, bit into her left buttock, something that would be used against him in serial homicide trials, and then he went on to engage in unwanted sexual activity with her remains. After this he went to the room across the hall, he attacked Kathy Kleiner, breaking her jaw and lacerating her shoulder and Karen Chandler, who suffered a concussion, broken teeth, broken jaw and a crushed finger during the vicious attack. Both would survive and as Ted was leaving the house, Nita Neary saw him as he was leaving. Eight blocks away, Cheryl Thomas was also attacked, dislocating her shoulder and fracturing her jaw and skull in five places. She was left with permanent hearing loss and balance challenges, but survived. Ted Seaman and hair that matched his, was later recovered at the scene. He got away with it this time, but the police knew by now who they were looking for, there had been many witnesses placing him at multiple crime scenes and on multiple times being in the area of crimes that had occurred in multiple states across the U.S. Ted was being regarded as the most prolific serial killer in the modern world. He should have been laying low. Instead, he approached 14-year-old Leslie Permenter, but when her older brother challenged him, he fled. The following morning, 12-year-old Kimberly Diane Leach from Lake City went missing. Her mummified remains were found 35 miles away from where she was last seen. She had engaged in unwanted sexual activity before her death, then killed by neck lacerations with a knife. A few days later, he was caught and under arrest again, though he would have carried on murdering, without a doubt, until he couldn't anymore. He had hoped the police officer would shoot him, but he didn't. Finally, representing himself in court, in what was seen as a bit of an act, his bite impressions were used to convict him of serial murders, he was sentenced to death, in Florida, which meant the electric chair. The judge was impressed with the way Ted showed his law prowess and wished him well and that he would have worked with him one day had he not been a murderer. While in prison, he professed his innocence and due to his popularity having risen, thanks to his televised court appearances, girls were in love with him. He taunted the media how much he was loved and that he was innocent. He even got married to a lady, who divorced him some time later, while he was behind bars. The day before his execution and up to his execution, he started confessing to all of the 30 murders he could recall, Though police have always thought his killing may have gone on for far longer and his victims may be as high as 70 or more. He was executed by electric chair, January 24, 1989, at 7:16 a.m. with a mixture of cheering haters and family members and some adoring fans wept and were protesting nearby. His body was removed from Florida State Prison, where he was cremated and his ashes scattered in Gainesville in an undisclosed location. Greater than I don't want to die. I'm not going to kid you. I deserve the most extreme punishment society has, I think society deserves to be protected from me and others like me. Greater than. Greater than Ted Bundy 1989